Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for episode 20 of Way Back When. As I look back at some of the best music from 1989, this is the 20th episode, an amazing milestone, so let's jump straight into the music. We have an absolutely incredible song from a wonderful artist. I really think you're going to like it. Feel free to sing along at home, because I guarantee you know the words. Shalom! Right. 
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 20, the milestone 20th episode, and you just heard We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel, an absolutely incredible list song that was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Record of the Year, and it was number one hit for in the United States, which is hardly a surprise. It was basically based around, uh, well, it obviously includes brief allusions to more than 100 headline world events between the year that Billy Joel was born, 1949, and 1989 when it was released. It was a very, very well-received album at the time. It was certified platinum in the US and it charted very well overseas as well. It made it to number two here in Australia. It made it to number seven in the UK and it also made it to number two over in Canada. It was number 37 on the year-end charts for 1989. It was it's a song that much like a few others that we've that I've played on this show before sort of became more appreciated with time shall we say. Definitely one of Billy Joel's best songs, arguably one of his signature songs, even though he, funnily enough, didn't much like it afterwards. He has since criticised its melody, and when he was asked if he was going to do another song for events that happened since 1989, he flat out said no. He already wrote the one song, and he didn't think it was that good enough to begin with melodically. So I think that certifies that we will not be hearing any more Uh, We didn't start the fire from Billy Joel. No sequels coming out, unfortunately. Moving right along, another fantastic album came out in 1989, and that was Trash by Alice Cooper. It was released... Uh, excuse me, it was released in the in July of 1989, and it was his 11th studio album. He, oh, it's been well known that Alice Cooper in the 80s did not have a very good decade. He struggled with substance abuse and substance addiction, as well as having quite a few albums flop and yield no hits at all. That all changed when he returned to the music industry with an amazing Nightmare Returns tour, after which he sought assistance from Desmond, Desmond Child to create a comeback album. Desmond Child, a very, very legendary songwriter in the business. Excuse me. Trash became one of his biggest albums, arguably his biggest solo album, and it spawned several hits. Now, obviously, I can't play the whole album as much as I would like to, being such a big Alice Cooper fan. My favourite Alice Cooper song appears on this album. It had several, several hits. The album itself charted very well as well, not reaching number two in the UK and number five here in Australia. It, of course, being produced by uh, Desmond Child certainly helped. It was a 10-track album, and once again, I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. It is a phenomenal comeback album album from a phenomenal artist. The concert tour that promote that was used to promote this album was a successful one to say the very least. Several, several singles were released. This one, in fact, was not that I'm about to play because this is another example of me thinking that uh, a song that wasn't made into a single was actually a little better than one that was. The, the song I'm going to play next is a really, really good melancholic love song. It's almost uh, regretting a lost love. It's a fantastic song by the, shock ro- the godfather of shock rock himself. So please enjoy Hell Is Living Without You by Alice Cooper. Coming up next on Way Back When, episode 20.
face In a thousand masqueraders You're hidden in the colors Of a million other lost raiders In life's big parade I'm the loneliest spectator Cause you're gone without a trace In a sea of faceless imitators
that was Hell Is Living Without You by Alice Cooper from the amazing album Trash. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 20, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the 20th episode. And if you have been a regular listener, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Producing this show is definitely one of the highlights of working here at Tune. I love doing it. I love presenting it. It brings me back some wonderful memories, and I hope that it does the same for you, taking a little nostalgia tour back through some of the best music of each year. And I did. I was looking forward to 1989 for a very long time, and I really think you're going to enjoy what we've got left in store for you, what I've got left in store for you. I'm going to go to a bit of a Heartland rock song now, excuse me, and that is by Tom Petty. This song was released as the lead single from his solo album Full Moon Fever, and it was written by himself and Jeff Lynne, his writing partner for the whole album. I Won't Back Down reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it also made it all the way up to number one on the US mainstream rock chart. It did number 16 here in Australia as its peak, in case you were wondering. It's a bit of a def- protest song in a way. It's got a message of defiance against forces of difficulty and certain and in certain parts uh, oppression. And it was actually played often on American radio following the 9-11 attacks, which makes it fairly appropriate to play tonight, of course, being so uh, close to the anniversary of 9-11. Depending on where you're listening to this, depending on what country you're in, that might vary for you. Rather interestingly enough, In January of 2015, it was revealed that an agreement had been reached where the two songwriters, Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne, would be credited as co-writers of Sam Smith's song Stay With Me and receive a small percentage of its royalties. It turned out that the song sounded very, very similar, and Tom Petty did say that he thinks it was not a plagiaristic effort by Sam Smith, but rather just a coincidence, because it does happen. It has happened before, as people are very aware. Uh, Sam Smith claimed to not have heard the song before he wrote Stay With Me, but he did acknowledge the similarity between the two, calling it a complete coincidence, and they came to an agreement very quickly, very amicably, which was nice to see something happen. I apologise, I dropped my ring. It was nice to see an agreement be made without any hostilities. That's always good to see. And rather interestingly, as I've mentioned for quite a few songs of the Heartland rock genre on this show, it was used by George W. Bush's presidential campaign uh, during, the 2000 camp- during the 2000 presidential campaign, but he was compelled to stop using the song after Tom Petty sent him a cease and desist letter. And he, P- Tom Petty then went on to personally perform the song at Al Gore's house after Gore conceded the election of President Bush in a famous uh, election back in 2000. And then, of course, just in case you were wondering, Donald Trump attempted to use it in June of this year. However, Petty's family issued a cease and desist letter to President Trump, of course, Tom Petty having since passed away. And it was a very strongly worded letter saying, among other things, that he that Trump was in no way authorized to use this song to further a campaign that leaves too many Americans and common sense behind. Tom Petty would never want a song of his used for a campaign of hate. He liked to bring people together. They certainly did not mince their words. It's a very, very good song by a fantastic artist, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. So please enjoy Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 20.
listening to episode 20 of Way Back When on 106.9 Tune FM and that was Tom Petty with I Won't Back Down. I do thoroughly hope that your week has been enjoyable. I hope that it's been stress-free and I hope that it has been as pleasant and relaxing as it can be in these trying times. I hope that you're all staying safe no matter where you are. I know that things seem rough at the moment, but we will get through them together. We just have to stay the course. But as always, yes, I do hope that your week has been enjoyable, and I hope that you've got a wonderful Sunday planned to round off the weekend. I hope that you've got something wonderful happening or just a nice relaxing day at home. Either one is fantastic. Moving on to some more incredible music now, we turn to a bit of alternative rock, otherwise known as a little bit of folk rock, and that is a song by The Proclaimers. Scottish duo The Proclaimers released their 1988 album Sunshine on Leith in late 88, and this particular song reached number 11 in the UK singles chart, although... Most of its success was limited to the United Kingdom and Australia in 88. However, in 1993, it was included as one of the main themes of the romantic comedy film Benny and June. Subsequently, because it received so much exposure during, due to the film, it made it all the way to the top three of the US Billboard Hot 100 chart, and that is I'm Gonna Be, otherwise known as 500 Miles. Yes, I think a lot of people would have expected that one as soon as I said the proclaimers. A very, very catchy song from their album. It's become a live staple at the Proclaimers concerts and pretty much their signature song. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. And a little bit of a background for the song for you. The song was mainly written by Craig Reed, one half of the Proclaimers, while traveling, or waiting to travel to a, to a Hibernian football club match in Aberdeen. He recalled sitting at the piano wondering how many steps it would be to the new classroom and the chords just came to me. He then claimed that he took, it took him only 45 minutes to write the whole song, which is rather interesting. It shot all the way to the top of the Australian charts, the Icelandic charts funnily enough, and the New Zealand charts as well, number one position in all three of those countries, and yes, I guarantee you, you will know at least part of the lyrics, so feel free to sing along to 500 Miles by The Proclaimers, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 20. 
just heard the proclaimers with their famous song i'm gonna be on 106.9 tune fm and you're listening to way back when episode 20 as i look back at some of the best music from 1989 the 20th year of tune fm's existence turning back turning away from a fairly young act to an experienced act shall we say and that is the beach boys the beach boys were a band that were famously around in the 60s and early 70s they're still going to this day but in 1989 they would release a single for from a uh, movie they were commissioned to record 
scored the theme song for the movie, which was absolutely incredible, the film Cocktail, in case you were wondering, starring Tom Cruise. And that song is Kokomo. I'm sure you know it, especially if you are indeed a fan of the Beach Boys. It did very well here in Australia, shooting all the way up to number one on the ARIA charts. It also made number one on the Billboard Hot 100, a massive achievement, although funnily enough, it's been given a bit of criticism lately. It's received fairly mixed reviews, and even though it received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song Motion Picture, it has also been included in lists of poorly received songs, such as VH1's 40 Most Awesomely Bad Songs and Blender Magazine's list of the 50 Worst Songs Ever. So take that as you will. It's it's very, very signature Beach Boys. It's a very, very classic Beach Boys tune. So let me know what you think of it. Of course, for people that weren't around in the 60s that may not have been as used to the Beach Boys as others, they may have found it a little bit odd. So let me know what you think. Kokomo by the Beach Boys coming up next on Way Back When, Episode 20. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was the Beach Boys song Como off of the 1989 film Cocktail starring Tom Cruise. Coming up next, it's a wonderful, wonderful song and one that a lot of Australians will know. It's the song The Best that was originally recorded by Bonnie Tyler in 1988 for her album Hide Your Heart. However, the following year, in 1999, the song was covered by Tina Turner, which became a far more successful single. It became exceptionally successful, in fact. It made it up to number four here in Australia, number two across the board. A lot of countries shot it up to number two, and it made 15 on the US Billboard Hot 100. Rather interestingly enough, this song is actually famous among other things, for its Mandela effect. A lot of people actually miscite the, the song as simply the best. That's what they think the song title is, and I will confess to being one of them. I did actually have a massive Mandela effect with this song. I thought it was simply the best, but no, simply, it's just called the best, if you can work your head around that. She would, uh, Holly Knight would tell Song Facts that simply the best is one of those rare gems that's positive without being cheesy. As a matter of fact, the song's Mandela effect became so prevalent that in uh, n- subsequent releases, the word simply was often included, which is quite interesting. Now, I'm going to play the version where it's simply Tina Turner singing. However, three years later, in 1992, Turner would record Simply the Best with Australian singer Jimmy Barnes to promote the New South Wales Rugby League season, a song that has become very, very famous among rugby league fans. In fact, a lot of people still maintain it is the best uh, song campaign the NRL, previously the NSWRL, have ever used. So, with that being said, I hope that you enjoy. This is the Tina Turner version, not the Tina Turner and Jimmy Barnes version, but it's still a very, very catchy tune nonetheless. The Best by Tina Turner coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 19.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 20 on Tune FM 106.9, and you just heard Tina Turner's The Best, otherwise known colloquially as simply the best, especially amongst rugby league fans here in Australia. I'm going to return back to the Proclaimers now. I, I know a lot of people only really know their big song, I'm Gonna Be. However, from the same album, they released another single that I actually maintain is their best song. I do prefer this song to I'm Gonna Be, and that's I'm On My Way. It was included on the film Shrek, so that is now, I think, the third or fourth song that I've played on this show that's been involved in the Shrek franchise. Make of that whatever you will. That's a tad bizarre. But it it actually did exceptionally well for a single that's not really as well known as their big hit. It made it all the way up to number three here in Australia, and it has been used in pop culture quite a few times. It was actually included uh, in uh, the football club uh, Hibernian, Hibernian, excuse my uh, tongue tie there, and it was played amidst jubilant scenes at Hampden Park after they won the 2007 Scottish League Cup. There you go, another bit of interesting trivia for you. It's a very, very catchy song. I know a lot of people will either not know it or not consider it to be quite up to par as I'm, I'm going to be, but I do think it is superior. So please enjoy the Proclaimers with I'm On My Way on 106.9 Tune FM. Thank you. 
You just heard I'm on my way by the Proclaimers. I have tried singing that song to myself over and over again, and I've never, ever managed to do it without singing in a Scottish accent, just for your, just for your amusement. Coming up next on Way Back When, it is a very, very famous song, a pop rock track with a bit of new wave and dance rock thrown in, and it's by the B-52s from the 1989 album Cosmic Thing, definitely considered their signature song, and it has become a concert staple since it's released. Since it was released, it did exceptionally well, especially here in Australia, made it all the way up to number one in Australia as well as New Zealand and Ireland and it made its number three on the Billboard Hot 100 as well as being listed as one of the 365 songs of the century back in 2001 and on the Rolling Stones list of the 500 greatest songs of all time it made it all the way up to 246. It was the biggest hit song for the band, as well as their first song to sell a million copies, their first song to reach the top 40 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it has become very, very famous for lovers of dance pop. It's Love Shack, a very, very, very good song, exceptionally catchy, and I think you are really, really going to get into it now. Love Shack by the B-52s is coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. This is Way Back When, episode 20.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 20, and that was the B-52s with Love Shack. Interestingly enough, the line, Tin Roof Rusted, a very, very standout, noticeable moment in that song, was originally an outtake from a jamming session where the singer Cindy Wilson continued her line while the tape had stopped. And interestingly enough, in case you're wondering, the Love Shack they sing about in the song was actually a cabin around Athens in Georgia with a tin roof. B-52s singer Kate Pearson, another one of their singers, lived in the cabin in the 1970s, and sadly it has since burned down. I'm going to turn back to Alice Cooper now. I think it's time just to go back to his trash album one more time on this show. It is a very, very good album, of course, as I said near the start of the show. Definitely his best as a solo artist, in my humble opinion. And now I'm going to play the second song, the second single, excuse me, from the album, because I think it. I don't think we can just play one uh, Alice Cooper trash song on this show. I definitely think we need to play two. So I'm going to play Bed of Nails. Bed of Nails was released, as I said, as the second single. It is the second highest charting single from the album achieving number 38 in the UK and the song was actually not released in the US but it was released here in Australia and made all the way up to number 13. The song has been played live sporadically on Alice Cooper's set lists and he notably brought the song back in Australia in his 2019-2020 uh, old Black Eyes is back tour when he brought that show when he brought that show to Australia we were lucky enough to hear the song again it had made several appearances on that tour but it was nice to hear it for all of our for all of his Australian fans so I'm going to play it for you right now it's very very catchy it's very very uh, I'm not going to say sexually suggestive or sexually explicit. Actually, no, I think sexually suggestive is a more appropriate way of describing it. So just a little heads up, if you're not really into that sort of thing, this song will have a little bit of innuendo in it, but it is still very, very good. And because it's Alice Cooper, I'm going to forgive him. Alice Cooper's Bed of Nails, coming up next on Way Back When, Episode 20. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Thank you. 
That was Bed of Nails by Alice Cooper on 106.9 Tune FM way back when, episode 20, and that was from his famous album Trash. Coming up next is a pop rock song by Sher, released as a single from her 19th studio album Heart of Stone, and it was seen as a major comeback for her in the late 80s, in the late 1980s, becoming highly successful around the globe, charting at number one in Australia and Norway, funnily enough, as well as reaching number three in the US and number six in the UK, and it became her second consecutive solo number one hit on Billboard's adult contemporary chart. Excuse me. It's one of her more known songs, I think. It's one of her more famous tracks, and she certainly performed it a lot live, including on her Living Proof Farewell tour, which I think is is quite a lot to say about it, given that she has had so many hits throughout her career. It's, of course, If I Could Turn Back Time. A lot of people know this one. A lot of people associate it with Sher, and I think there's a really good reason for that. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. You're about to hear Sher's If I Could Turn Back Time on Way Back When, Episode 20. This is you and these students. Powered Radio. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that'll hurt you, and you'd stay. I don't know why I did the things I did. I don't know why I said the things I said Rides like a knife, it can cut deep inside Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes I didn't really mean to hurt you
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was If I Could Turn Back Time, the amazing pop rock comeback track by the absolutely incredible artist, Sure. I've played Ice House twice on this show previously. I played Great Southern Land in 1985, and I played Electric Blue in 1987, but now it is time for their third appearance on this show with a track that was actually released uh, for the first time on a compilation album. They released a, comp- uh, released a compilation album in 1989, peaking at number two on the ARIA charts, the Australia charts that is and it contained two new singles one of which was touch the fire which i'm going to play for you right now because it is just such a wonderful track it's very very ice house it's it showcases Ivor davies amazing ability so let's get straight into it touch the fire by ice house is coming up next on way back when episode 20 this is tune fm 106.9 <laughs> Oh, 
listening to Way Back When, episode 20, and that was Touch the Fire by Icehouse. I know we're about to crack over the 8 o'clock mark, and I apologise, we are going a little bit over time tonight, but I do hope that you don't mind, because the last few songs that we've got left are exceptional, and I really do think that you're going to enjoy them. Rather interestingly enough, 1989 was notable for one Australian, Les Murray, of course, the famous Australian poet. He was invited to receive an honorary Doctor of Letters degree by the Council of UNE. Murray indicated that he was delighted to accept the honorary degree and very pleased that the honour had come from UNE specifically. We sent him out that invitation in May of 1989 and the ceremony would take place the following year in 1990, which I think is really, really special. I'm going to turn now to a little bit of a bonus track I wasn't originally going to include, but I decided to sneak it in here because I think it really is a phenomenal track by an artist that we, re- we haven't really spoken about much, and that's Gary Moore. Gary Moore is an Irish guitarist, and his first studio effort was released in 1987, interestingly enough, charting for several years after it was released, after he made a trip back to his native Belfast in Ireland of 1985. Excuse me. The album is steeped in Celtic roots and contains several songs about Ireland and was actually dedicated to the memory of his close friend and former Thin Lizzy bandmate Phil Linnett, who sadly passed away in 1986. The album is called Wild Frontier and it contains a hit single, which is what I'm talking about, the song I'm going to play for you now, Over the Hills and Far Away. It reached number 20 in the UK and it did. It was considered to be the standout of this uh, album, that up along with Friday on My Mind, which is actually a cover. But Over the Hills and Far Away was well-received in Finland. In fact, the album made it all the way up to number one in Finland and Norway, and Over the Hills and Far Away charted at number one on the singles charts as well. So it was interestingly, I, I, I've come to know this song because my favourite band, Nightwish, would cover this song on the 2001 EP of the same title. So given that we're not up to that yet, I'm going to play the original band Gary Moore as a little bonus just to include because I really think it's got a really nice story and it just sounds phenomenal from a wonderful wonderful artist who hasn't had much time on this show before so Gary Moore's Over the Hills and Far Away is coming up next on 106.9 Shin FM you're listening to Way Back When episode 20.
listening to way back when episode 20 on 106.9 tune fm and you just heard the little bonus track i put in for you tonight gary moore's over the hills and far away well as we come to the end of the show i think it's time to have a look back at queen once more in 1989 they would release the studio album the miracle that had a very very fantastic song on it i want it all it was released as the lead single and it made it all the way up to number three on the singles charts of the uk finland ireland and new zealand only making it up to number 10 here in australia interestingly enough and only making it up to number 50 on the billboard hot 100 i think something has gone wrong there because it is a very very good track the songwriter funnily enough was actually brian may and according to john deacon it was one of only a few which was already written before the band entered the studio in the beginning of 88 to record the miracle album itself the song was inspired by brian may's conflicted feelings after his breakup with his first wife and his new relationship with his then girlfriend it's notably heavy compared to most queen songs and it features themes relating to rebellion and social upheaval may claims it is about having ambitions and fighting for one's own goals and it is because of this reason that the song became an anti-apartheid song in South Africa and has also been used as a gay rights protest theme. Interesting enough, uh, interesting little bit of information for you there. As well as reaching the top 10 in Australia, it also made the top 10 across Belgium, Germany, Norway and Switzerland and obviously it did exceptionally well in South Africa. In terms of year-end charts, it made it all the way up to 71 in Australia, which is a little bit less than I would have expected. It's featured in several video games, including SingStar, Guitar Hero, and Rock Band, and the entire band themselves have pre- have praised it quite significantly. Uh, Brian May said has said repeatedly that it is a very, very good track, and a track that he is quite drawn to, as you can imagine, and the rest of the band have echoed similar sentiment, sen- sentiments. Excuse me. It was first played live three years after its release during the Freddie Mercury tribute concert performed by obviously the three surviving members of Queen which is rather tragic given that uh, Freddie Mercury never got to sing it live considering it is such a very good song and sadly that does remind me that we are getting way 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 too close to Freddie Mercury's passing for my liking we are getting indeed up to the end of Queen on this show of course we uh, I, I presented ABBA's final song a few years ago with a little bit of 
melancholy, a little with a little bit of melancholy in my uh, feelings because it was the last time we were going to hear them. And we're coming up to the end of Queen, but I'm trying to put that off as much as possible and not think about it. So please enjoy a wonderful Queen song as we head towards the end of this show tonight. I want it all coming up next on Way Back When, episode 20. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 20, and you just heard I Want It All by Queen, an absolutely incredible song, and I think that's going to mark the end of the show tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing the show to you, as it always is. It is my favorite part of the week here at Tune, presenting you this amazing show. I really do hope that you've enjoyed it, because it is, of course, you guys that make it amazing, and I hope that you'll join me at the same time next week, 7 p.m. on Saturday, to listen to episode 21, as I look back at some of the best music from 19. In the meantime, I am going to say goodnight now, but I think I'm forgetting something. I think I'm forgetting something, and that is I have simply forgotten to play you one of the best songs that I've heard. Definitely Alice Cooper's best song, in my humble opinion. Some people may disagree. The lead single off of the album Trash. There was no way I was leaving this off. No chance in hell, and there was no chance it wasn't going to be the last song I played tonight. As I said, the lead single of Trash, making it to number three across the world, including Australia, and even going up as high as number two in Ireland. Ireland and New Zealand. It's become one of his signature songs along with Schools Out. Like I said, I personally think it's his best, but that is still up for debate and it has remained on his concert set list for ages, so much so that Trash has become his most represented album outside of his collaborative band years with the rest of the Alice Cooper band. So I'm going to say goodnight once more. Please, please, please have a wonderful weekend. Have an enjoyable week and I'll speak with you again same time next Saturday. For now, though, I bid you goodnight on Way Back When, episode 12. You've been listening to Tune FM on 106.9, and I'm going to leave you with a little dose of poison. So we